Welcome, wrestling fans, to the latest edition of the Wrestling Time Machine podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Bobby Fisher, and on the line with me, as always, is Wrestle Mom, Leith Gray. Uh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> and joining us tonight, we have a very special guest from Chikara Pro Wrestling from the Cyberhawks 2000, Razorhawk. Greetings, it is I, Razorhawk, one-third of the flyest team of the new millennium, Cyberhawks 2000. Kakaw! Kakaw! Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> A pleasure to be here. It's, Greetings, Bobby. Yeah. Greetings, Leah. Uh, hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Leah's uh, as quite as magnanimous. As, uh, oh, no? <laughs> I don't think she's quite as extroverted as we are. A little bit shy, maybe. Uh, hor- horribly so. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> well, let's see if we can bring you out of your shell, so to speak. Kakaw. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we, we would like to welcome Razor Hawk to our show, and we're going to jump into July of 1995 here in a little bit. But first, we want to get to know our guest a little bit. Oh, oh boy. Absolutely. So, Razorhawk, one thing I like asking uh, our guests on this show is how did you get into professional wrestling as as a fan? Uh, well, goodness. Uh, <laughs> hmm. If if memory serves, uh, and, and memory is a little bit hazy nowadays uh, with, with all the head dropping and everything. That but, will do uh, it, yeah. Oh, oh, yes, indeed. Uh, if memory serves, when I was just a little hawk, I recall watching the uh, the WWF. Uh, I watched it on Saturdays, and uh, it was very, very fly. And I remember watching The Ultimate Warrior, and I remember watching The Macho Man, and I remember watching uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and they were very, very captivating. Larger-than-life characters, yes, indeed. Uh, I thought they were very, very fly. And I was actually quite fond of uh, Razor Ramon. Yes, indeed. He he was very, very fly and oozed machismo. Haha, <laughs> yes. But, uh, yes, that was that was what drew me into professional wrestling. Um, just the larger-than-life characters and uh, all of their personalities. Yes. Uh, and goodness, all of the feuds. Goodness, when the mega powers collided. Hulk Hogan taking on the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Oh, that was that was a very very fly contest indeed. That sounds amazing, and that I mean, you gotta love guys like Randy Macho Man Savage and the bad guy Razor Ramon. Mm-hmm. And I think we're probably going to be talking about all of those all of those cats here today, except for maybe well, the Ultimate down. Warrior. He hasn't really appeared yet. Yes, what uh, I, I'm very curious about uh, what was going on with the Ultimate Warrior in this time. I remember uh, the WCW thing; they were saying something about it. I believe Gene Okerlund brought it up. 
<laughs> yeah, the <laughs> WCW unfortunately couldn't afford the Warrior, and that's why we got the Renegade. Ah, yes. I was wondering what was up with that boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he, uh, he did the best with what he was given. Mm-hmm, indeed. A little discount warrior for you. <laughs> That's right. little uh, last-minute uh, birthday gift, getting it at the pharmacy. Ultimate, <laughs> you know, ultimate warrior for you. Mm-hmm. So, so Leith, uh, do you have any questions for our guest? Oh, just a few hundred or so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do have some more specific Chikara-related questions here. Okay. Um, so on Saturday at Egg Monsters from Mars, you finally broke your losing streak, and you defeated Gen 1 original Icarus, which obviously he wasn't too thrilled with. But do you, do you think at this point you've, you've proven yourself, or do you think there's you know, more to come from from the new fist. There is no doubt in my mind that the, the feud, the battle, the uh, skirmish is not over between Cyberhawks 2000 and New Fist. Yes, indeed. Uh, here's the thing. I pinned Icarus in the ring. One, two, three. Clean as a whistle. Icarus took a front to that. I went up to him and I said, I got you. I finally got you. And what did I get for my trouble? A pedigree. He's got sour grapes. I understand that. I kind of embarrassed him. But hey, when you sit there and you take a person like Razorhawk lightly, uh, that's what you get. You get your shoulders to the mat and you get pinned. So, uh, do I think it's over? Nah, not by a long shot. But that's why I installed that new security system. Because undoubtedly, Travis got pinned. Icarus got pinned. Tony Deppin I don't know what happened to him. But hey, here's the thing. Fist has a real bad case of a bad attitude. And no doubt, they had a very bad Saturday. So they might just be out for some blood, and they might just be out for some revenge. Uh, yes, this is this is indeed not over. Uh, maybe we've written the uh, final line on the final chapter of, uh, of this part of the book. But um, yes, more to come, I think. All right, um, then King of Trios is coming up end of August in Easton, Pennsylvania. Uh, the card is, is pretty well stacked, to say the least, but what, what team do you hope to come up against with uh, Zyberhawks Techno Union? Oh, I'm hoping to come up against Sisters of the Mighty, yes, mm-hmm. indeed. I, I am a big, big fan of Mighty Molly, um, and, and Solo Darling, of course, who just came off an impressive uh, match with Juan Francisco de Coronado. Didn't get the grand championship, but man, she put up one heck of a fight. And uh, Aja Pereira, I know nothing about this woman, uh, but she has an impressive look. Uh, and undoubtedly, if she's on the team with Solo Darling and Mighty Molly, uh, I think she's, she's a real winner. So uh, I definitely would like to go up against them. I would love to get my hands on Dark Lords of the Proteus and uh, maybe give Frantic a, a little bit of a, a dental exam with my with my knuckles, if you know what I mean. Uh, he he talks a little bit too much, but uh, I think it would be I think it would be great if uh, myself, Nighthawk, and Dangerhawk were able to put a stop to the momentum of the Proteus wheel. Yes, after what they did with Lucas Calhoun, Jeremy Leary, and uh, BMD this past weekend. Uh, yeah, someone someone needs to step in and uh, teach these boys a lesson. Um, oh goodness! Then you've got Tokyo Joshi Freedom Fighters. Uh, mm. 
Let's see, Miyu, uh, Miyu Yamashita, uh, Shoko Nakajima, and Yuka Sakazaki. And uh, I, I know pretty much nothing about these ladies except that they are uh, three of the most impressive uh, young women to come out of Tokyo Joshi Pro. Uh, and, and yeah, I, whenever I can get in the ring with international talent, I, I really love doing that. Um, not to say that the competition here in the United States is not up to snuff. It certainly is. We've we've got fantastic performers like Joey Janela uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, let's see, Wheeler Utah and guys like them. But, um, goodness, when, when I've wrestled for, let's see, uh, Lucha Libre Live and I've been able to face people like Fuerza Guerrera uh, and uh, Dragon Rojo, for instance – Guys like them, you just you you see another side of the professional wrestling spectrum, and uh, it really tests your abilities. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um. See. And, and what do you think your your chances of of actually winning King of Trios is with that much competition? Oh, I'd say I've got about a one in sixteen chance. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, goodness, look at look at the playing field. You've got uh, the Nexus Alliance. You've got Fred Rosser, PJ Black, and Tyrone Evans. Then you've got the New Republic, uh, Lowe's Ice Creams, and now Kiku Taro, because uh, Princess Kim is, is going off to Japan, which is very, very fly. You've got, uh, oh, the Onaka Gang, Ray Bucanero, uh, PCO, and Katarina Waters. Uh, and then you've got Jessica Troy, Madison Eagles making her Jakara return, uh, and Shaza McKenzie, uh, three incredible ladies from Australia. Uh, then, of course, you've got Juan Francisco de Coronado and the Closers making up the regime. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've had my run-ins with the Closers many a time. <laughs> uh, of course, the Proteus Wheel and Sisters of the Mighty. Oh, man, the Galactic Wildlife Commission with Airwolf, Thunderfrog, and Wildcat. It's going to be great to see the Thunderfrog back in Chikara. Uh, then, of course, you've got the uh, the Stupid Fist Order with uh, Icarus, uh, Bland Akuma, and uh, Chubb Taylor. Then you've got Society of the Deep with uh, the Crab, the Crawl Dad, and the Murloc. Oh, man, resistance. Guys, guys, <laughs> how excited are you guys for the return of the Colony? Are you kidding me? Green Ant, Fire Ant, and Thief Ant, just, oh, it's going to be incredible. Uh, and then Ancient Order of the Nations with Adam Hoffman, Mick Moretti, and Jack Bonza. I am really looking forward to seeing Mr. Mick again. He, he is a very, very fly wrestler. Oh, and then, of course, you've got uh, the, the last two announced, Raiders of the Beyond with Brian Malonis, uh, Ham Salami, and Chris Dickinson. And, of course, the Millennium Throwbacks with Dasher Hatfield, Mr. Touchdown, and making his King of Trios debut, Boomer Hatfield. Man, what what an incredible playing field for King of Trios. You know, that Boomer Hatfield, he had an incredible showing up and beyond for American Arana this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I was very impressed. Uh, this uh, last King of Trios uh, was the first King of Trios I've, I've ever really gotten to watch, and it was, uh, I think I mentioned this to Travis on, on his episode, it's it was probably the best wrestling I've ever seen. And, oh, goodness. And, and I am so very much looking forward to this year's King of Trios. I mean, like you said, it's such a such an excellent playing field. So many so many great talents in that in that roster for that mm-hmm. for that event. Uh, I, I was actually talking with my wife last night about how 
so I, I've always been a big wrestling fan, and one of the things I, I've done kind of annually in the last couple of years is, you know how a lot of people will have, like, say, like a Super Bowl party, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, we, oh, yes. Yeah, we, we usually always try to host, like, a big WrestleMania event. Mm-hmm. And at this point with how frustrating the current WWE product is, I'm honestly considering, like, this year, instead of doing that, having a Chikara party and having just, like, picking a Chikara event because there's never really been a bad Chikara event that, that we've seen, and I just, I love turning people on to Chikara. Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And I can't blame you with the, yeah. the current landscape of WWF, Stone Cold Steve Austin aligning himself with Vince McMahon and all that. Who wants to watch it? Who really wants to watch that? Exactly. Exactly. Come see King of Trios. It's in Easton, PA. Uh, and if, if you can't make it out, Chikaratopia will have it probably, I don't know, maybe a month, month and a half later or something like that. Something like that. I know yeah. it's not streaming live, but, uh, man, make it out to Easton, PA. You gotta. A- absolutely. I think that's going to be our next big thing next year is to try to try to make it out to a Chikara event. Uh, oh, that's, fantastic. It's a big goal for us right now, but... Uh, we, I actually have a question for you sent to us to our email for the show. Mm. And everybody who's listening to this, if you want to email the show and ask our guests questions or ask us questions, you can email the show at thewrestlingtimemachine at gmail.com, and we'll read your questions live on the air. I have a question from Amy Clever Alias. Okay. And uh, she, I'm, I'm assuming it's a she. If I if I'm misgendering you, I apologize. Uh, it says, "Hi, Razor Hawk. What's your favorite dinosaur, and is there any chance you might be descended from one?" That's a very that's a very good question. <laughs> wow, straight out of left field with the dinosaur yes. question. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to say my favorite dinosaur is the Velociraptor. I could see that. Yeah. Yes, I I, I just. Goodness, they had a very strong showing in Jurassic Park, uh, and uh, and yes, I, I think the Velociraptor is very vicious, very cunning, and very very fly. Uh, do I think I'm descended from dinosaurs? Uh, let's shake the magic eight ball and see. Hang on a second here. There is a high probability, is what it says. So maybe I don't know. Uh, the magic eight ball says there's a high probability. Uh, wait, now it's saying uh, no. Wait. This thing's broken. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe. It's possible. Uh, evolution is a mystery full of changes no one sees. So, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. That, that is very true. That, that's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leah, do you have any other questions? Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, I can go into the, some of the questions from, from listeners for a bit here. I have one from an anonymous... Now I know. Okay, you you aren't fully familiar with all the the human rituals, but I think you you've seen ones on on TV, perhaps, or in shows. I've read some uh, books. Yes, yes. Uh, Anonymous wants to know what your idea of a perfect first date is. A perfect first date. Hmm. That's a very I can't say question. That I, can't say that I've ever really been on a date. I've watched I've watched Ranma one half and Sailor Moon, so I I kind of know what it, what a date involves. You go to a sweet arcade and you play some coin op games. I, I'd pl- 
probably uh, plop in a lot of quarters playing some Mortal Kombat 2. Yes, indeed. Uh, goodness, who would I pick? Uh, I would probably pick Scorpion. Yes, because Scorpion is the best character in Mortal Kombat ever, and there's no debating that. Kaka. Um After I uh, beat my date in Mortal Kombat mercilessly and hitting all of the fatalities, we would probably go and get some pizza. Yes, indeed. Uh, oh, no, not pizza. Sushi. Yes, indeed. So here's what we'd get. I would get a, uh, a spicy tuna roll, uh, and then I would get uh, mackerel sashimi, and then I would get yellowtail sashimi, and then I would get tuna sashimi, and then I would get salmon sashimi, and then I would get a big bowl of edamame. And uh, whatever my date wants, she can or he can get that. I, I don't know. I, you know, this is this is Earth. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm very excited about this. I've never thought about going on a date before. Oh my goodness. Jeez. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, goodness. Yes, I, I think sushi would be the the way to go on that. Oh, oh, and then we could get ice cream sundaes. Yes. Although I would probably get a malt. Yes, I, I I think a milkshake would be very very fly. Um, what flavor? The whole milkshake with two straws. Vanilla with a scoop of protein powder. <laughs> That's that sounds like that that is a very Ranma one half Sailor Moon first date and Mortal Kombat Scorpion is the best character in Mortal Kombat. I I, I will concede to that. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Fist bump, Kaka. Kaka. <laughs> Alright, let's see, I have a question from Pat, who would like to know if it would be more surreal to you to be in a wrestling video game, or to have an action figure. Hmm, (laughs) so, so, turns out I'm going to be in a video game. They're saying it's going to be released in 2018 with a question mark? I don't quite understand that. Um... That's why a long it, ways away. Yeah. <laughs> why, is it, why is a video game going to take 17 years to develop? I don't understand. Uh, but that's what they're saying, and I trust them, and let's just have our fingers crossed that the roster is the same when the video game comes out. Hmm? Uh. <laughs> that, that, is a, that is a very real dangerous thing when we talk about wrestling video games. Right? Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, goodness, No Mercy is already outdated. Ugh. But, uh... Let's see. I, you know, I, I would say a, uh, an action figure would probably be the uh, the most surreal. Like, not to take away from the designers and the developers of Chikara Action Arcade Wrestling, but darn near anyone can make a video game nowadays. The, the, people are so smart with computers, and there are so many wild and and talented programmers out there that goodness anyone could make a little uh, 32 pixel by 16 pixel sprite of Razorhawk and put him in a video game I could even do that with RPG maker yes indeed but uh, to see to see a an action figure oh that would be very very fly um, let's see here on my shelf I've got a little custom Funko pop that was made for me by uh, by somebody which is very incredible. And then there's a little 3D printed razor hawk kneeling right here. It's it's a very, very rough draft, and it's quite roughed around the edges. But um, yes, I've got that sitting right here. Doesn't look like much, and the outfit's kind of blocky. But um, yeah, I think a full-fledged action figure with Kung Fu Grip would be incredible. Kung Fu Grip is important. 
for action mm-hmm. figures. You've got to have all of those points of articulation, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You want to be able to get into some cool poses. Yes, I would buy two of them. Yeah. One to play with and one to keep in the box uh, so I can pin it to my wall. Oh, Razorhawk. You're a bird after my own heart. That's the only way to collect action figures. All of my action figures are cherry. Yeah. Hey, yep. Oh. Yeah, can relate. <laughs> Leith, do we have any more listener questions? Oh, of course. Of course. Okay. <laughs> uh, question from Todd. Who raised the briefcase at King of the Ring 1999? That's a that's a good question. Wait, raised a briefcase at King of the Ring 1999? I'm just reading the questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even there yet. It's 1995. I'm so confused yeah. right now. Yeah, we're for, we're four years, you know, behind the curve here. Goodness. <laughs> Let's see here. I'm looking on Ask Jeeves right now, and I don't see anything about a briefcase. Oh, nope. Oh, hey, here we go. Oh, ladder match with a briefcase hanging above the ring. Uh, mm, this doesn't make any sense. It says something about Austin defeating Big Boss Man in a singles match. That's fine. But it doesn't say anything about... You know what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's that's the answer to the question. A quick search on Ask Jeeves yielded no uh, intelligible results. So uh, I'm sorry to disappoint, but man, my <laughs> wrestling trivia from two years ago is not up to snuff. That's fair. You just gotta stop landing on your head, man. Yeah. I am making a concerted effort to not do that anymore. Here's the thing. Everybody was dropping poor Razorhawk on his noggin ever since, uh, goodness, what was it? Was it season 17 or was it National Pro Wrestling Day? Because I remember when I made my public debut at National Pro Wrestling Day facing Everett Connors, Cornelius Crummles, and the Cajun Crawdad, Crummles came off with a curb stomp, and I landed right on my noggin. And I think that that was the start of my bad luck. Do you know that Ultra Mantis Black hit me with a bulldog on the ring apron, and I landed on my noggin again and fell right to the floor? Did a stupid 450 splash right to the floor off of my off of the top of my dome. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sick of it. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm going to protect my neck, and that's all there is to it. Good plan. Yeah. It means, like, you I, need, I, like, a neck brace like they wear, like, in, in race car driving. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. I could come out with a neck brace like Joel Gertner. There you go. That's, there that's we the go. way to do it. I'm, I'm going to wear a neck brace to the ring <laughs> <laughs> next, next match I'm in. <laughs> All right. Mm. Uh... And we still have tons of questions. We're going to do, what, two interview sections? Yes. Right? All right, I'm so I'm going to do a few more from from Cobalt. Mm-hmm. Oh, our, our, our good goblin friend, he, he had a few for you, and then I think I'll save the rest for the, the next part. That sounds like um, I can't tell I can't tell you how excited I am to answer questions from Cobalt, of all people. <laughs> oh, I know. I would imagine you'd be, like, thrilled. But uh, mm. So that's at Cobalt6 on Twitter for those who want to follow him. And Cobalt6.com, where you can get all of his uh, fly, <laughs> trashy uh, toilet merch. It's wonderful merchandise, and he has one of the best models that has ever existed. In your unbiased opinion. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my name's Cobalt. I live in a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
All right, so he would like to know, how do you have the technology to make a podcast given your time-warped abilities? Ooh. He's referring to your podcast. Does does Cobalt not understand how technology works? Uh, Anybody can hook up a microphone to a computer uh, through a uh, USB device. I've got uh, my SLR microphone, which is a Shure Super 55 Deluxe. Uh, It's one of those uh, super cardioid mics. Uh, It's very, very fly. Looks like an Elvis microphone, yes. The kind that uh, Mr. Anderson would use. Um, Got that... Got that bad boy hooked up into a little USB device that goes right into my uh, my iMac G3, and I've got my recording software here. And uh, goodness, yes, I just plug that bad boy on in, press record, and uh, away we go with uh, 44 minutes of rambling and, and nonsense, and then 15 minutes of the same because I was trying to keep it under 30. But then the third episode got a little bit over 30 minutes, so I think I'm, I'm making making some uh, making some progress there. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I, is that is that sufficient? I don't know. <laughs> um, he, he also wants to know what it's like to be on an actual podcast, referring to our show, <laughs> not yours. <laughs> 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 oh, as as my good as my good friend Wheeler Utah would say, wow, <laughs> man. Okay, here's hmm. You know what? The next time I see Cobalt, I'm gonna give him the business. Look, just because I'm only three episodes in doesn't mean I'm I'm on a uh, uh, not a real podcast. Listen, yeah. here's the thing. It's always very, very fly to come on somebody else's podcast and uh, shoot the breeze, you know? Uh, when I'm sitting there doing my podcast, it's, it's just me, myself, and I in my head, in my quarters, just kind of sitting there staring at the computer screen, watching some matches. You know, real media is, is extremely low resolution. It's, it's very difficult to make out what's going on on the screen at any given point in time. So when I'm sitting there watching my match with the closers, for instance, from season 17, I'm sitting there going, is that Sloan Caprice or is that Rick Rowland? I don't know. Is that a beard? Is that a beard? Are those incredibly broad shoulders? No, no. That's Silverhawk. Anyway. Uh, no, but... but but to come on somebody else's podcast and actually have a, a conversation with someone for a change is uh, incredibly, incredibly fly. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful for the uh, for the opportunity. Uh, I know you hear that a lot in professional wrestling. That's a big cliche uh, when people go to a new place and they're like, oh, man, thank you for the opportunity, brother. But, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually quite, quite happy to be here. Um, so I thank you guys for letting me on your show. I've only been on a, a handful of podcasts uh, there's this one, the Plus Two Comedy Podcast, um, Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez last year before King of Trios, which I was on and Cobalt wasn't. But you know. <laughs> so, well, it's great. It's great. Well, we are glad to have you on, and we are we are happy that you would uh, want to be on with us. And the guys over at Plus Two are great. Uh, Noah Houlihan and the co-host whose name I can't pick up. Sorry, Noah. Oh, that's a uh, uh, goodness, Mister Mister Will, Mister Will Liam. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, Noah, Noah, and uh, Will are are great guys. So that's indeed. Yeah. Uh, Mister Will tried to give me a TV. Well, hot dang. 
I was. <laughs> I, I told him I couldn't accept such a fly gift. <laughs> yes, my Sony, uh, my Sony Vega broke, and uh, I, I needed a, a new one. But I got one. I got one on uh, uh, Craigslist. Well, that's good. That's good. Okay, I do have one one final question from Cobalt, which might be the worst. All right. <laughs> no, the, wor- the worst is a German sausage. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. That, that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Encourage me, guys. <laughs> Encourage me. Give <laughs> <Keep> it up. <laughs> yes. All righty. So, Cobalt, again, wants to know, how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if Silverhawk was still around? That's... That's me. That's what that is. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> That 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 toilet goblin is very very lucky that uh, so much time has passed since Silverhawk was sent back to Cybertron, or uh, yes, I'd be I'd be flushing myself down the toilet and uh, coming after him with uh, with maybe uh, maybe a roll of quarters stuffed in my fist. I don't know. We'll see. Um, <laughs> how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if Silverhawk were still around? I think the same amount as if he were uh, you know still in Cybertron getting worked on. Because when Silverhawk comes back, and um, I'm fairly confident that he will come back at some point, uh, I think that the first person that we're going to go after is going to be uh, the Toilet Demon. Yes, indeed. Cobalt, uh, I hope I hope you've got your uh, listening headphones on, because uh, this, this is an official notice. I'm putting you on notice that when Silverhawk gets repaired, and he will be repaired... He is going to put you in the flyest chicken wing of the new millennium. Cuckaw! Cuckaw. Well, we certainly... I, I do want to take a moment to wish Silverhawk the best. And uh, a speedy recovery. Indeed. he's He's been offline ever since they uh, they removed his power uh, segment. Uh, it's... It's sad. It it's is. sad. But it's one of those things, you know? It, it, it comes with the territory. Galactic defense is no joke. And it is not, uh, it's not ballet, as good old Jr. would say. Um, but uh, it's it's one of those things that you just kind of have to do because if you have a sense of duty to defend the galaxy, you take the risks that come along with it. Silverhawk knew those risks just as I do, just as Dangerhawk does, and just as Nighthawk does. Well, very good. Yes, it is a it is a responsibility and a risk, and. Again, we we wish Silverhawk the best because we love the cy- the Cyberhawks on this show. Oh, it's Cyberhawks. Cyberhawks. My apologies. Oh yes, indeed. No worries, no worries. Everyone gets confused because it's spelled with an X instead of a C, but uh, that's by design. You know, trademarks and copyrights and all that. Oh, absolutely. And plus, the X makes it cooler. Indeed, it makes it extreme, like the Hardy Boys. Haha, <laughs> Yes. Yes. Yes, very much so. So let's uh, let's talk about July of 1995 in the World Wrestling Federation. Yes, July of 95 was a good vintage for WWF. I would say it was pretty good uh, compared to the distinguished competition down in Atlanta. Leith, do we have any opening <laughs> thoughts? Um. The... Oh my God! Sorry, I can't think. <laughs> Are, are we ready to get roll into uh, the uh, 
results? We are. All right, then let's get started. So I feel like there's wind coming into my left ear. I'm not sure if anyone else is getting that. And it's oh, I'm getting little windy me. wagons. Yes, indeed. Okay, I'm not sure whose mic that is. Hmm. I wonder. I wonder if it's mine, just because we have the fan on. I think it's yours. Yes. I'm hearing yeah, it, it only when you speak. Yes. Let's see if I can turn it off. Tell me, what was what was the pay per view in this month? What was it called? In your house too. That's right. In your house too. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure I brought up uh, the correct the correct information here. Yes. Okay. So now on to results. Sorry for that little momentary lapse of of thought. I was just going crazy a little bit. All right. <laughs> no problem. July 3rd, 1995, we have 123Kid defeating Mike Bell in a singles match. Mm-hmm. Bob Sparkplug Holly defeats the Brooklyn Brawler in another singles match. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's going to be the theme for the first week is just singles matches here. Yep. Henry O. Godwin defeats Barry Horowitz. Sid defeats Bam Bam Bigelow. Waylon mm-hmm. Mercy beats some guy named Jeff Hardy. Some guy. Yes, yes, indeed. The extreme one. Haha, <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. I'll never not <laughs> pop for Jeff Hardy. That's fair. Jeff Hardy is, is pop worthy. Mm, indeed. So, uh, do we have any thoughts on the first week of July of 1995 in the World Wrestling Federation? I was just amazed that Sid was able to hit Bam Bam Bigelow with the power bomb. Right? That was incredible. Oh my goodness, yes. That's that's 300 plus pounds that he's picking up for a power bomb. Impressive. Just lifted him up like he was nothing. The Beast from the East is just an incredibly massive man. He just, uh, he's he is one of the best big men. Uh, to ever grace the professional wrestling ring. And uh, this guy did cartwheels. He did all sorts of crazy acrobatics. And Sid just lifted him up like he was nothing and dropped him right on his shoulders. Yeah, I do love I do love watching Bam Bam Bigelow. He is, ab- he is one of the best big men in the business. And, I mean, just watching him do cartwheels as just sort of like one of his signature kind of like opening taunts is... It's just it's mind blowing that a guy that big can move like that. Indeed. And how about that one, two, three kid? Hey, oh man, this this kid, all of his martial arts and acrobatics, just <laughs> incredible. Uh, now he's you know the whole uh, X Pac and and all that stuff. But you know back when he was the one, two, three kid, he he had some uh, he had some real moxie. And he was uh, one of, I would say, the the best ultimate underdogs in professional wrestling. Yeah, I, I would agree. And one, two, three, kid was doing a lot of stuff uh, that you didn't really see in any of the three companies. I mean, except for maybe ECW. But I mean, mm-hmm. it, one, two, three, kid. Sean Waltman was was doing a lot to really stand out. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, goodness, I, re- I remember when he uh, beat Razor Ramon, yes, mm-hmm. with a moonsault off the top rope. You know, I tried that same thing against Sloan Caprice, uh, but it didn't end well for me. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't end well for for everybody. It's uh, mm-hmm. you, you win some, you lose some. Uh, I think one of the other really cool things here is we get uh, Bam Bam in his sort of heat miser gear with mm. the wrist mounted pyro and we also get uh, highlights of the 1995 special olympics 
Oh, yes, indeed. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, say what you will about the WWE, or WWF, rather. I mean, that is one of the cooler things that they do. Oh, yes, no doubt. Uh, their, their stuff uh, that they do for charity is um, darn near second to none. Yeah. Um, some may argue that they do it as publicity. Uh, some may argue uh, the the opposite. But the fact remains that they do it, and and that's in my opinion what really matters. Yeah. Um, a lot of people talk the talk, but not many walk the walk. Yeah, absolutely. Liz, you got any any thoughts? Oh yeah. Sure. Okay. <laughs> hey, welcome to the conversation, Leah. Yeah. How are you? I'm, I'm doing all right. Just, you know, sitting back, relaxing. Brilliant. What are your yeah. thoughts on Whale and Mercy's tattoo? Oh, God. <laughs> that was not what I was expecting to talk about. Um, yeah, it's, it's he's an interesting fellow, isn't he? <laughs> oh, he's got a, he's got quite a forehead, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, and he has like the the best finisher, which is the the, the crazy eyes into the uh, sleeper hold. Right. It's fantastic. I don't know many people that can defeat someone so easily just with like crazy eyes and a sleeper. You know. If if you were if you were to sum it up in one word, what would you call it? call what exactly <laughs> oh, his, his finishing maneuver I would call it innovative innovative alright uh, I don't know if I could sum it up in one word I, I don't think one word could really do it justice psychotic uh, Sid justice yeah <laughs> Uh, one of the one of the interesting things about uh, about his match with Jeff Hardy is this is Jeff Hardy's raw debut mm-hmm. and Jeff gets called one of the original Hardy boys uh, yeah. which is a, a fun little uh, like I mean I don't think they they realized it but they were they were definitely foreshadowing some things there and we got Jeff Jarrett's music video on this on this uh, I was hoping that one wasn't gonna come up <laughs> we get to hear it for the first time out of a hundred more times I think yeah and what's crazy is this mm. this they re- actually released this song it was actually like you know. Mm-hmm. A, a country music single and it did fairly well <laughs> like it wasn't like like it like you would think it would just be like uh nobody cares but how I did guess it did all right <laughs> <laughs> i didn't i didn't look it up i couldn't i didn't have the heart how did it do on the billboard charts not bad from what i could find really but, i, mean, I don't is, that somehow it is, makes it worse <laughs> it is country music so <laughs> yeah, I've got a playlist in Winamp called Acceptable Country. <laughs> I, I wouldn't think that would make it on that list. No, no. Nope, not at all. But a little bit of Garth Brooks, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah Garth Brooks is pretty acceptable country. And, of course, Johnny Cash. But oh, yeah. Johnny Cash is a whole other level of country. Yeah. Uh, yes, indeed. Um, that's all I've got to say about that. Uh, we do get to see Barry Dodinsky plugging in an Atom Bomb Bomb Squad t-shirt and football, which, God, I want one of those Bomb Squad footballs. <laughs> I totally forgot about this guy. He's like, <laughs> he, he's like a discount Dr. Diamond Fire. The guy, <laughs> the, the guy is, he's trying so very hard, but everyone is just dumping on him left and right. And he's actually a pretty good merch guy. Yeah. But, uh. 
oh my goodness, man. He he doesn't he doesn't have the personality of a Diamond Fire. That guy, uh, Diamond Fire could sell could sell an icebox to an Eskimo, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but uh, man, <laughs> this guy with all of his merch, those those atom bomb things were really really fly. Yeah, yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. Oh yeah, yeah. I love Adam Bomb's gimmick, and I love I love the look, the goggles, just the fact that his pyro includes like a little mushroom cloud. It's it's beautiful. It's really fly, really yeah. fly. It's a shame that uh, that he didn't quite work out, hey? Yeah, it is. It is a shame. Indeed. Yeah. So uh, we go on to week two in the WWF as far as Monday Night Raw is concerned. This is July 10th, 1995. We have a singles match. The roadie defeats Jerry Flynn. We have a singles match, Savio Vega defeating Mike Corey. A singles match with uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley and the other half of the future Hardy Boys, Matt Hardy. This was his debut too, was it not? I, I believe so. I believe it might have been. And, uh, I, th- I don't know. I thought he had one before. He might Did he? have. Yeah. He might. I think he had one, like, earlier, like, in, like, 94, maybe. Ah, yeah. okay, okay. And then we have a tag team match as our main event, the Allied Powers, consisting of Lex Luger and the British Bulldog, defeating Tatanka <laughs> and Million Dollar Corporation hopeful Henry O. Godwin. <laughs> so any... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, the Lex Luger and the British Bulldog teaming up uh, just tickles me. <laughs> so, uh, any thoughts on week, uh, the second week of Monday Night Raw? Uh, you know, I thought that uh, Matt Hardy put up a strong showing against uh, Triple H, and um, you know, kudos to Matt Hardy. He's he's very fly, very extreme, and uh, man, that that kid's got some hutzpah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of about all I got to say. But hey, bad guy Tatanka is very very strange. Can I just put that out there? <laughs> yeah, bad. It's very very weird. Yeah, Tatanka as a bad guy is is very strange. But I don't know. It feels there's something about like Tatanka in general that always felt very strange to me. Like I'm not like just just in general. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe just the gimmick. I don't know. He had a very good tan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, and a good face too, a good smile. Like it was great when he smiled, but then he turned into a bad guy. And like, what was the motivation behind that? I don't even recall. It, it Money, is, I would assume. Yeah, I think that was kind of the the big deal. Was like he was. Is that what it was? Yeah. Huh. I just remember turning this goes on. To him. Oh, it was a real head scratcher for me when I turned it on. I was like, wait, Tatanka's uh, bad person now what's going on here that's very very strange but uh oh goodness <laughs> how about how about that road dog hey yes uh the roadie <laughs> we get uh we get the roadie he's dancing and jerry lawler's talking about women throwing their hotel keys at uh at jeff jarrett and <laughs> it was quite an inappropriate time for wwf wasn't it I, f- a bit. <laughs> I fear it's not going to get much better as, as the time goes on. Uh, yes, indeed. They got a little attitude. Yes, a little, a little attitude. Uh, we, get, uh, we do get Jerry Lawler saying that uh, Jarrett's singing debut is going to be bigger than the Beatles at Shea Stadium. And that, that seems like a little bit of a stretch. 
Yeah, he he's uh he's really good at embellishing, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. He's got a whole lot of hot air coming out of that big hole in his face. Well, it's a good thing he's going to the dentist during this month. Uh, as opposed <laughs> would, be, would be the uh, <laughs> best thing to to say. Uh, and yes, for Doctor Isaac Youngkin. Yes, and uh, to kind of touch earlier on uh, what we talked about, Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy's Raw debut was May twenty third. 1994, losing to Nikolai Volkov. Uh, Nikolai Volkov, of all people. Yes. Oh, goodness. Uh, even, even uh, I'm not going to kayfabe this, but, uh, but man, rest in peace, Nikolai Volkov. Absolutely. Uh, our thoughts and, and prayers go out to his, his family, his friends, and his fans, and the same to uh, uh, Brian Christopher, also known as uh, Grandmaster Sexe. Uh, Indeed, that's uh, that was very sad. It was a very sad day in wrestling. A very sad week for professional wrestling. Indeed, Kaka. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's really Wait. interesting. That his uh, raw debut was a loss against Nikolai Volkov. Mm-hmm. We we do get a, a very positive spot in this episode where we get the flashback to uh, Barry Horowitz beating Skip. Yes. Oh yes, indeed. This this turned uh, turned things around for Barry Horowitz, did it not? Yep, this is the the start of some some pretty good things for for Mr. Horowitz. He's gonna get pushed to the moon, that Horowitz. The Max Moon? I, I would hope so. That's the only moon that I'm familiar with. Yes, indeed. <laughs> He's got lasers coming out of his flipping arms for crying out loud. <laughs> so, uh. I think one of the other cool things here we get, we get, uh, you know, uh, a Razor Ramon all over t-shirt. Oh, yes, indeed. Razor Ramon, the flyest of a cheesemo of the new millennium. The bad guy. What? The bird guy. <laughs> the bird guy. <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> I had I had a promo uh, all set up. Uh, last year, where I was going to do a race of Ramon thing, <laughs> but Silverhawk talked me out of it. He was like, "No, no, no, you shouldn't do that." Okay, well that's oh, a shame man. because that would that would have that would have fit right in with your color scheme because that would have been gold. Indeed, <laughs> maybe I'll do it this year. Uh, Dangerhawk and and uh, Nighthawk don't have as as much control over me as <laughs> Silverhawk did. Now that I'm the leader of X2K. <laughs> So, so please, please go on about the race of Ramon shirt. <laughs> uh, we also get a really uh, cool uh, vignette where Jeff Jarrett is trying to get into Buddy Lee attractions, and they throw oh, Jarrett yes. out. Yeah, I know. I, w- I was surprised because he's obviously a huge country star at this point. Yeah, he's huge. He's oh yes, absolutely. He's a he's a regular Reba McIntyre. Oddly enough, I noticed the layout of the uh, Buddy Lee attractions is very like it reminded me of like the WWE offices, like when they show them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just, just thought that was interesting. I'm like all these buildings look the same. It's pretty pretty huh. neat note. <laughs> they must have hired the same contractor. It, That's it, what I was thinking. <laughs> certainly possible. We also got uh, Jeff Jarrett with Rip Taylor. And that, I think, might have been one of my favorite vignettes it, it, out of the whole month. Just because Rip Taylor is delightful. <laughs> Refresh my memory on this one. It's, it's a little hazy. So, Jeff Jarrett is in Las Vegas, 
mm-hmm. and he's standing outside a casino, and he's trying to, you know, he's talking with Rip Taylor about how big he's going to be, and Rip Taylor's just, uh, you know, feeding that ego the whole time, and it's it's beautiful. Fascinating. <laughs> yes. who, who would want to feed the ego of Jeff Jarrett? That <laughs> ego is already quite large. Uh, so uh, we do get uh, we do get uh, like Lee Leith mentioned we get uh, you know Barry Horowitz highlights mm-hmm. of his win over Skip because Skip gets all distracted doing push-ups. Yeah, showboating <laughs> man yeah. can't do that. that. Oh, showboating like someone else I know. That cardio is important. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Skip, skip sitting there doing push-ups and then gets pinned. Uh, Icarus kind of lays on me all lazily and then gets pinned. Hmm. Hmm. A little bit of a similarity there. I would agree. That That is a, a, a parallel to be drawn. Yes, yes. Please, please continue. I'm sorry. No, that's, that's what we're here for, is to talk. Ah. Uh, I think one of the interesting things about uh, the second week is there's a bit during this Allied Powers match where Vince kind of goes off on a tangent, and he talks about the caliber of contact and competition in the World Wrestling Federation, stating that they've been the standard bearer of enforcing its own safe guidelines of family entertainment, not... Uh, by the way, to be confused with the undisciplined genre of professional wrestling in general. So it's it's very interesting to see, even in 1995, Vince is sort of trying to distance the World Wrestling Federation from professional wrestling and trying to create his own branded terms, I think, if you will. Oh, you're talking like sports entertainment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's not gonna lie. I feel a certain kind of way about that. Yeah, it's a it's a very weird thing to to hear Vince do this because at, at this point, like WCW exists and they are competition for the World Wrestling Federation, but they're not in direct competition. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think both companies were kind of experiencing a lull during this period. Things certainly kick up, uh, you know, in the next couple months with Nitro debuting. But, I mean, at this point, I like, if I had to choose between the two companies, the World Wrestling Federation is sort of ahead by leaps and bounds compared to WCW. At this point, in terms of production and in-ring product, absolutely. Yeah. Their wrestlers are, are putting on matches that, that just completely... Um, eclipse what WCW is is putting out there. Um, and goodness, the, like I said, the production is just, it's incredible. I mean, <clears throat> this is going to come later, but have you seen the Dungeon of Doom? <laughs> I don't know, Leith, have we seen the Dungeon of Doom? Not enough. <laughs> we need more. No, 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 please, no more, no more, no more. I cannot take it. People just coming out of that cave like they're manifesting out of nowhere. How ridiculous is that? Here's the thing. I crossed galaxies to get here, and even I am very, very uh, uh, skeptical of, of their quote-unquote magic that's happening there. Well, all I gotta say is I am a huge, huge fan of really terrible movies and riff tracks, and and Dungeon of Doom really just kind of 
embodies that spirit of, wow, this is so bad, it's hilarious, and I love it. Oh, like Maximum Overdrive. Yes. Yes. And Tremors. Oh, God, Tremors. Oh. <laughs> Trolls right? 2, uh, oh. Miami Connection. <laughs> they're eating her, and then they're going to eat me. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, I... I, I got that movie for my birthday and I was so happy. It's the best movie. No, I <laughs> I, I have a particular aversion to Tremors and, and let me take a moment to explain. So, uh, Razorhawk, Leith, I, I do this uh, mm-hmm. other podcast, Nerdfix Strangers, where we talk uh, comics, movies, wrestling, etc. And one of the traditions that we have is on Halloween, we pick a movie, a very bad movie, to sit and watch and riff. Uh, much like the premium pay-per-view episodes that we have available at the Wrestling Time Machine on Podbean. And uh, one of uh, these such uh, movies that we picked was an installment in the Tremors franchise. I think it was Tremors 5? 6? It's got Jamie Kennedy in it. Hold on. They had that many? They did. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. Did they? Oh, come on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and believe it or not, the uh, the the most unbelievable thing about Tremors 5 isn't so mm-hmm. much that there are giant, bloodthirsty worms living under, you know, living under the surface. It's that Jamie Kennedy is 19. <laughs> and it is it is an awful movie that involves a lot of bodily fluids. And tries very hard to be Jurassic Park, but with dirt bikes. Dirt bikes? Yeah. It's dirt bikes. It's not very good. It's not a very good movie. Uh, okay, so, I'll look out for that one on, uh, on uh, goodness, uh, Blockbuster Video's uh, clearance rack. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's about where you would find it. I'll, I'll have to send you a link. Uh, Okie dokie. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> yeah, Tremors is awful, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> where, where were we? <laughs> we, I think we're going into July seventeenth at yes. this point. I, I think All right. right, that's fair. Let's thank, let's move on you, to Leah. some results. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Yeah, yes. bring bring us all back on track. All right. <laughs> so we got Owen Hart, Yokozuna with Whoa. Jim Cornette, Mister Fuji, defeating Jim. I'm going to mess it up, Demeter, and Gus Gantarakis in a tag team match. Okay, so those <laughs> These are... These names are way too hard. Yeah. Jobbers with uh, with unpronounceable names. I think the, the first guy's name was uh, Jim Dimitri. Dimitri. So... Oh, they spell it weird for Dimitri. Okay, yeah. whatever. Jim Dimitri... Dimitri... <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think I'm looking... Are you guys on wikia.com? Uh, we actually, I have the results pulled from the uh, Pro Wrestling Wikia. Ah, okay. I'm yeah. sitting here with my web browser, and I'm looking at wikia.com. And yeah, Dimitri spelled very, very strangely. Yes, it is. Although maybe that's just the way it's spelled, and I'm it's uncultured. very possible. Yeah. Like, I am well, from cyberspace. The, the Dimitris I know have not been <clears throat> spelled that way, and I think that's what's throwing me. Oh, I that's, see. That's fair. And now we have uh, Jean-Pierre Lafitte. PCO. <laughs> David Thornburg. Mm-hmm. In a singles match. Shawn Michaels defeats Erwin R. Scheister with the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase in a singles match. 
Kama with the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase defeats Billy Mack in a singles match. <laughs> See where this is going? <laughs> there you go. What a, what a very what a very uh, pedestrian episode of Raw. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh man. It's, it's, it's been like this mm. for a while. It's like they're taking taking cues from WCW, but the wrong ones. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I gotta say, let's just please pour one out for Owen Hart. Oh, absolutely. Uh, his his passing two years ago was absolutely uh, tragic, and and one of one of my favorite performers and one of the most talented performers to ever step foot inside of a wrestling ring. Uh, the Rocket just deserves all the praise in the world and it was a pleasure to see him again uh, watching these episodes. So for that, I, I thank you guys for uh, for giving me uh, an, a, 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 an opportunity to to watch him uh, do, his, do his thing again. Um, that being said, uh, so Jim Cornette Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jim Cornette had some choice words to say about. Um, I, and I'm sorry. This is I'm I'm going to be going off on a, a little bit of a tangent here. But Jim Cornette had some choice words to say about National Pro Wrestling Day uh, when um, myself and Silverhawk took on uh, Joey Janela and Penelope Ford. Uh, and uh, he he had some things to say about uh, Travis Huckabee and how his name wouldn't pass the name test to get into WrestleMania, uh, and he had some things to say about the Whisper and his uh, new finishing move and how he wouldn't put butts in seats. Um, I just want to real quickly express that while Jim Cornette is down there in OVW doing the same darn thing, we in Chikara are putting on the absolute best Lucha Libre product in the United States. So he can absolutely kick rocks. Just wanted to say that. That's all. Here's what I'm going to say about Jim Cornette. I, I have met him approximately once. He was super nice to me. Uh, I will say that he gave me some fun, entertaining stories about uh, Batista and Brock Lesnar in their rookie days. Uh, I will say that I I agree with uh, Razor Hawk that you guys at Chikara are putting on some, some of the, not even just Lucha Libre wrestling, but just some of the best wrestling in the country, period. And... I think Jim Cornette is one of those people who takes wrestling very, very seriously. And that's that's fair. I mean, that's his uh, opinion about it. At the same time, it's I think it's very, very, very hypocritical to, to sit and to say wrestling needs to be serious when you're managing someone the caliber of Mantar. Right? Mantar, come on! So, you know, wrestling is something that is an incredibly serious commitment, and I love professional wrestling, and I am very respectful of, of talent like you, Razor Hawk, and, and Travis Huckabee, and anyone else who, who's willing to step into the squared circle and put their bodies on the line for the entertainment of others. That said, wrestling is something that 
doesn't have to be grim and gritty and super serious all the time. It's like comics. It can be fun. And there's no reason that it that it can't be. You can still tell good stories with uh, you know, with being fun and over the top. And that's indeed. Yeah. That's that's the important thing. I will say Cornette in this period is cutting some great promos when he's not even like on the mic and just managing Owen Hart. And Oh, he's incredibly good at that. Yeah. Yes. He says uh Cantaracus and Dimitri sounds like a law firm, which is <laughs> delightful. <laughs> <laughs> I will never, I will never get tired of Jim Cornette's banter. Yeah. As as wrong as I think he may be on the Chikara uh, point, uh, <laughs> there's there's quite a soft spot in uh, in my CPU for Jim Cornette. Yeah, I mean his his banter is is second to none. And I think one of the notes I actually have about that match is Dimitri's singlet is actually a little too big. It doesn't quite <laughs> fit him. And uh, getting, I know how that feels. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, getting back to your point about Owen Hart, that's one thing I'm really enjoying about watching wrestling at this time is Owen Hart seems like one of those one of those wrestlers who just a seems happy to be out there. He mm-hmm. always seems like he's just happy to be in front of people, and I mean even even working as a heel, he always seems like he's he's having fun, mm-hmm. and that says a lot about the, the caliber of person that he was. So anyway, we're getting yes. we're getting sentimental here. Leith you, you got me Well let's let's bring you to the uh the Fatu vignettes that are starting to pop up. Yeah. You know there's there's oh, no yes, hope Fatu. with dope, yo. Yeah, no, no. no hope with dope. Yeah. No hope with dope. Just say no. Just say no. You gotta keep it on the straight and narrow. That's right. Yes. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta follow Fatu's example. Mm-hmm. He's from the streets. He knows. Yeah, he, he is. He's a, he he used to be a bad man, but he's he's not a bad a, man. A anyway. bad bad man. Yes. He did it for the rock. <laughs> yes. He did it for the for the people. <laughs> <laughs> he, did. He, he did it. He did. Ah, shut your mouth, you thong wearing fatty. Sorry, <laughs> right, I got a little, I get a little carried away with the rock there. <laughs> WrestleMania 2000, come on, guys. Yeah. Or no, yeah. Armageddon it's, 2000. That's what it was. It's 1995. You're like five years ahead. Yeah. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Spoilers. I jumped, I, I jumped the gun. Gee. Yeah. Uh, we knew what to expect in five years. Yeah. Great. <laughs> uh, I, I think one of the other interesting thing is uh, we get Barry Dedinsky plugging HBK's sunglasses and shirt, and then <laughs> this uh, guy again. Oh, uh, Barry Dedinsky's great. <laughs> I love it. Uh, we get Isaac Yankum, 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 Yankum. You don't call him Yankum. Yeah, don't. He'll he'll come after you. He he will, uh, with his painful dentistry. And that guy's got worse teeth than Volgar. Yeah, I think uh, I think in one of my notes I have uh, both uh, both his teeth and his hair are blonde. Uh, <laughs> Wait, you had to make a note of that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Just stream of consciousness when I'm watching. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and th- this weird. Th- this is really like I mean it's not weird in so much that it's weird to see him doing dentist things, but he pulls a tooth and they censor the tooth. 
Right? Yeah, they censored the tooth. And the person that was in the chair, if, if memory serves, if, if this is the correct vignette, the person in the chair didn't even react to getting the tooth pulled. Yeah. For like, for like, like 20 seconds. It? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm getting a tooth pulled. Yeah, it was it's like, so, suddenly, suddenly, a tooth is out of my face. I'm just going to sit here and take it. Yes. It was really weird. It was it was just, I, I thought it was so strange that they censored the tooth. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, I kind of get it. I had to have a, a wisdom tooth pulled out. And, whew, it's just, it's unsettling. It's not that gross. But did they it's censor it originally or in the version we watched? I don't know. I don't know if they censored it. Is that it like one of those like weird things they went back and are like, oh man, a tooth, we can't show that anymore. That's <laughs> oh, not PG. that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good question. We have to protect, gonna, protect the I'm gonna tooth. I'm going to ask Mr. Bryce. Yeah. I'm going to ask him if a tooth is PG. Like if, if, <laughs> if someone were to, uh, let's say, take Travis Huckabee and <laughs> maybe put their knee across his chest... And then maybe punch him in the face a couple of times. <laughs> if one of his molars came out and I flicked that at the camera, would that be censored? That's a that's a maybe very good you, question. You held it in front of the the camera, like a prize. Yeah, yeah. I think oh, you have to like hold it out and present it for it hold to it be there. censorable. Yeah, maybe like maybe maybe. I can't. I can't say. What. I was going to say, lift up, lift up my battle mask and and, and stick that uh, tooth right in my mouth and, and chew on it. Uh, that that's really gross. I don't know why I was thinking that. That's uh, not this sanitary. Is, it's an actual tooth. We're talking yeah. About. This is all. This is all talk. I I talk a big game like I'm a big tough guy, but I don't think I would ever do that to Travis. He's 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 troubled, but he's not. Indeed. He's not too far gone. He he can come back. He's redeemable. Absolutely. You can listen to him on our, our podcast. He he was still all right then. Yeah. He was a mm. good dude on our podcast. I'll have to give that a listen. Just don't listen to the part where he talks about you. Yeah. Maybe skip <laughs> hold on, that. Hold on. You said he was a good dude, but well, then you said don't listen to the part where he talks about you. <laughs> well, he was good to us. He was good to me, but not to Razor Hall. <laughs> Why do I talk like that? Do I sound like, like, I'm, like am I really sounding that old? Oh my god. <laughs> no, no, that's just, that's just the, voice, the voice that I do. Oh. You should, oh, you should hear when I'm making fun of Frantic. Oh, man. Uh, oh, that goodness. I need to hear, because, man, Frantic, that guy. You think that just because you have a podcast on the internet means that you can talk about frantic? I will destroy you, and the Purdis Wheel will be your masters. That's pretty spot on. <laughs> Goodness, my, my my throat hurts. <laughs> I wouldn't know why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very strange. <laughs> anyway, where where were we? <laughs> uh, so uh, one of the other things that happens during this broadcast is uh, you know during the comma Billy Mac match, uh, commas getting in the face of those goth kids sitting at ringside who are very clearly Undertaker fans. Oh yes, yes. 
So they're really kind of building that feud. I kind of want that job. If anybody needs somebody to sit in the audience and just like look kind of goth for a minute, I could do that job. You don't even have to pay me. <laughs> just just putting that out there. <laughs> You're going to be able to put goth kid on your nice. resume. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I played goth kid number one at this wrestling event. It'd be all right. <laughs> Fantastic. You need some, some extra eyeliner. Yeah. For that bad boy. <laughs> and what were your responsibilities as goth kid number one? Sitting yes, there, looking goth. <laughs> Not smiling, which I am so good at. Yeah. Goth by kid the way. number like, one, goth kid number two. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we move on to uh, WWF In Your House 2, uh, sometimes subtitled The Lumberjacks. And if you're interested in listening to us cover that long form, go check out our Rift Tracks episode for only 99 cents. Make the most of your WWE Network subscription and get some alternative commentary. So, uh, the results for that, we have a singles match, the roadie defeating the 1-2-3 kid. In a tag team match, we have men on, a, men on a mission, consisting of King Mabel and Sir Mo, defeating Razor Ramon and Savio Vega. We have a singles match with Bam Bam Bigelow defeating Henry O. Godwin. We have a singles match, Shawn Michaels would defeat Jeff Jarrett with the roadie, uh, Shawn Michaels becomes the new WWF Intercontinental Champion. Uh, very, very fly. Very fly. Uh, we have a tag team match. Owen Hart and Yokozuna with Jim Cornette and Mr. Fuji would defeat the Allied Powers, Lex Luger and the British Bulldog. Owen Hart and Yokozuna retain the WWF Tag Team Championships. And then... <laughs> and our main event, a Lumberjack match. Diesel defeats Sid. Uh, Diesel retains the WWF Championship. What's going on with all the lumberjack matches this month? I I don't know. It is a it is a weird. There's only era. one. Oh, no, I'm one, sorry. The other one was a lifeguard lumberjack. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You're, totally different things. Sa- same thing. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. No, not different even. Monica. A rose by <laughs> any other name would smell just as smelly. One one takes place <laughs> at a beach. <laughs> <laughs> when it okay. when it's at a beach, and they it's wore alive. matching outfits. Yeah, they wore matching outfits. Weirdly enough, which was oh, like the Cyberhawks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but with more tie dye and more pinks and oranges. We could have tie dye. Let me speak to Mister Ophidian. <laughs> okay, I'm down for tie dye hawks. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to speak to I'm going to speak to Nighthawk and Dangerhawk about this. So, do we have uh, any thoughts on WWF in your house? Oh, man. <laughs> I'm just glad Shawn Michaels beat Jeff Jarrett. Aww, poor Double J. Oh, Double J with the championship and he lost it. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just... Goodness, man, he had it coming. Oh, I'm a big country star. Uh, professional wrestling isn't everything. Travis would have something to say about Jeff Jarrett's attitude toward professional wrestling, let me tell you. But here's the thing. Jeff Jarrett is... Uh, too cocky for his own good. And Shawn Michaels being uh, the heartbreak kid, one of the best in the business, just completely 
uh, took that title away from him and well-deserved. A hard-fought victory for the heartbreak kid. Uh, Congratulations to Shawn Michaels uh, six years ago. (laughs) I'm sure Shawn Michaels would appreciate the kudos. (laughs) Sweet! Maybe I can get into NXT and he'll train me a little. There you go. There we go. Yeah. Uh, So we got... uh, (laughs) In Your House 2 was not terrible. Uh... It was it was interesting. I think uh, one of the more interesting things is we got to see Jeff Jarrett sing live. I kind of came away from the the whole event wondering why they didn't let the roadie sing more songs. He had a pretty good singing voice, hey. He wasn't terrible, right? He was tolerable, uh, passable. <laughs> yeah, passable even. Listenable. That's. Adequate. Debatable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leith, any thoughts on In Your House, too? Nope. Nope. Okay. <laughs> oh, no! Oh, <laughs> it was an entire pay-per-view and you've got no thoughts. Oh, come on. We, we hey, already did tell- this episode. <laughs> did you? If you, wa- if you want to know my thoughts, pay the dollar, <laughs> watch watch the episode, listen, you'll... you'll- figure it all out. Yeah. I've got several dollars. I'll throw them to listen to the thoughts of the one, two, three kid getting beat by the roadie. That was an <laughs> that was an awkward spot the finish to that match. Wasn't it? That piled that weird stump puller pile driver from the second rope. Oh my goodness. Disgusting. Yeah. I wouldn't want to take that bad boy. Mm-mm. If someone tried to put me in a pile driver from anything higher than uh, anything, I I would <laughs> kick and scream. I would I would I would run away. It's a whole. Yes, I would use I would use the Sal Tome school of anything goes martial arts final technique. Run away. You know I love that this is going to become a Ranma podcast eventually. <laughs> is it really? Can we talk about how cute Akane is? I like Akane, but I'm I'm more. About, uh, I, I really kind of like Shampoo, and, uh, the... Shampoo's a dingbat. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Mr. Bobby, but Shampoo is kind of a dingbat. Yeah. If you're going to say anyone other than Akane, what about Ukyo? She's got a huge spatula. Y- yes, that's the that's the other one I, I do really like. And, uh, Akane's, uh, sister. Uh, the one who's always trying to make a dollar. Nabiki. Yes, Nabiki's yes. my favorite. Nabiki Tendo is quite the crafty one. If if she were in professional wrestling, she would easily be teamed up with Crummles and Defarge. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm, I, I no doubt. That, yeah. Or the closers. I, I could see her with the closers. Oh, the closers. Crummles and Defarge might gross her out a little too much. You know, you have a point. I could, I could see her teaming... With Sloane Caprice and uh, Rick Rowley. Yeah. So, <laughs> guys, how... I'm so sorry. <laughs> how, how are we doing, everybody? <laughs> doing great, Leith. How are you? Red was you great. Fly? <laughs> I, I, I have not seen Red or looked at Rand Mahath in like 20 years, so I don't remember anything. <laughs> it's on Google. <laughs> Leith, how old are you? Old. Anyway. <laughs> wow. Okay, okay. Yes, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be hijacking the podcast with all of my anime talk. Oh, goodness. That's okay. It was going to happen anyway. 
<laughs> I think so. Yeah. Now, if you want to talk Sailor Moon a little bit, that's fine. Oh my fine. goodness, can we talk Sailor Moon? <laughs> oh, was it so sad when Tuxedo Mask lost his memory and didn't realize that uh, uh, Sailor Moon was his, his uh, long-lost love and all that stuff? Oh my goodness, I was so sad, I wanted to cry. I always yeah. liked Sailor Neptune <laughs> and Sailor Uranus. Really? Yeah. They're adorable. What about I, Jupiter? I was a big fan of Pluto. Pluto? Yes. <sighs> no love for the original Sailor Scouts. I see how oh, it I'm is. Jupiter. Yes, Jupiter all the way. That's Jupiter, why I did Jupiter was in our in our picture, which yeah. you can see on my Twitter. My wife oh, fantastic. My wife loves Sailor Mars. That's her favorite. Sailor Mars is kind of a jerk face, don't you think? She's a she's aggressive. <laughs> is is a polite way to put it. <laughs> uh, but uh, we we do love bit, Sailor Moon. Bit. Yeah, Sailor Moon's great. Oh yes, indeed. She <laughs> meatball head. Yes. Mm. Especially the live action '90s Sailor Moon that didn't get made. Wait, excuse me. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, Razor Hawk, are you not familiar with this? Oh, no. We're going I'm not familiar with the live-action Sailor Moon, no. So there... We're going to get really far off on a tangent, aren't we? We, we really are, because this isn't... <laughs> what have I done? Is that okay? Can we take a, a quick detour? <laughs> I, I think we can. It, it deserves it. So back in, back in the very, very late 80s, early 90s, right before the Sailor Moon anime was uh, mm-hmm. ported to the United States, uh, there was an attempt to try to do an American adaptation that would have blended original animation mm-hmm. and live action segments. And why? There oh and and puppets. No. Yes. And it sounds terrible. It, it's super terrible. It it really is. And I'm just gonna I'm gonna drop this uh, link in our in our Skype chat for the benefit okay. of Razorhawk, so he can watch that and, and uh, have thoughts on that. But anyway, uh, Papa Razorhawk is going to the Skype chat. Yes. Oh, it's a YouTube link. Look at that. Okay, I'll yeah. look at that later. Yes, uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, okay. <laughs> but uh, let's get <laughs> back to our let's get back to our wrestling. Uh, Leith, we have... the uh, the podcast we actually do. Yeah, the podcast that we actually do that isn't (laughs) about Ranma and Sailor Moon. Yes, it's about Bret Hart versus PCO. Yes. (laughs) That was was a a dark match that happened during the In Your House 2 pay-per-view. I'm I'm just seeing it on on the Wikipedia here. I'm sorry. Yes. (laughs) That was one of the dark matches. Uh, For the benefit of our listeners, we don't cover that on our our In Your House episode because it is a dark match. Not at all. It yeah. was non-televised. Yeah. Although, I think if you had the In Your House VHS, I think it was a bonus match. I think that really? and the Undertaker match, yeah, were bonus matches that you could get on the VHS. Hey, Jeeves, uh, search eBay for the In Your House 2 VHS. So, is why is it asking me about pipes and... Did Cobalt get into my Ask Jeeves? <laughs> <laughs> it's not working. Anyway, please continue. So, uh, Leith, I think we have another week of Raw after that. Uh, we have two more weeks. Yes, two more weeks. So we'll go into July 24th, 1995. There is, guess what? A singles match. A whole singles Sean match. M- there is. 
I know you guys were looking forward to more and more singles matches. Yes. This episode has them for you. We got Shawn Michaels defeating Jimmy Del Rey. Um, we do have one tag team match for the Smoking Guns defeating John Faulkner and Rick Stockhauser. Another singles match with Waylon Mercy defeating Gary Scott. And our last singles match, Brett the Hitman Hart defeating Hakushi. Before we begin, can I ask, uh, Jimmy Del Rey, I could not find any information on this, but he's no relation to Sarah Del Rey, is he? Not no. that I know of. He's one Didn't half of so. the Heavenly Bodies. The Heavenly Bodies? Yeah. Yes. Huh. Okay. And like Ursa Minor in the night sky. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Just wanted to clarify. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he uh, he actually died in 2014. I did not know that. That is uh, uh, rest <laughs> in peace, Jimmy Del Rey. But uh, I, I think one of the interesting things about uh, this raw broadcast, uh, I haven't noted here about John Faulkner and Rick Stockhauser. Red tights equals red shirts. Uh, Star Trek reference. Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Uh, uh, we have... Uh, I get that. I yeah, get that. Yeah. We have uh, the WWF teaming up with AOL. Exciting internets. Oh, yes. Exciting. 56K internet. Yes. Blazing speeds for your downloads of really compressed JPEGs. You know what's funny? My parents still use AOL. No, 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 no. No, Leith, Leith, Leith. Come on. You, you, you gotta, you gotta do something about that. I didn't even know AOL was still around. Come on, get them on Net Zero. I tell you guys, when I when I travel to my parents' house, it is literally traveling back in time, and that that is one of the things is they will log on to AOL and they will check their their little email and play little games. And, uh, yep, that's that's what they do. I don't know if they know how to use any other actual web browsers, to Mm. be honest with you. They churn their own butter. (laughs) It's not that far back. Okay, okay. I'm just saying. It's it's pretty much the the, the 90s, you know? (laughs) Whatever technology existed when I was was in the 90s, we'll just say that. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just saying, if they're spending most of their lives living in an Amish paradise, it's totally fine. (laughs) They have electricity. I mean, that's important, yeah. (laughs) Fantastic. Great. (laughs) Yes, they've got the flyest flyest electrical technology that money can buy. Yeah, they now have touch-tone phones, so that's cool. Touch-tone phones? As opposed to rotary? Yes, we had rotary for many... Many years, long past the time Rotary should have still existed. Did they? Did oh. they have the the two piece phone where you have the mouthpiece and the earpiece, and you have to hold them with separate hands? Uh, no, but we did have the the one where you had like the little rotary dial, mm. and it was all like fancy. Yeah. Ooh. But even when you got like got touch tone phones, it was still rotary, so you'd press the button and you'd hear the. So yeah, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's amazing. I love a good rotary phone. Yes. Uh, <laughs> All right. well. So I'm just saying. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. It's just it's it's the ritual of spinning your finger around to make the numbers. Yes. 
Yeah, that's that's fair. I could I could I could co-sign that. That's that's pretty. Right? Yeah. There's yeah, something yeah. satisfying about that. So, uh, moving right along. Yes, moving right along beyond uh, Leith's parents' technological handicaps. It's okay, Leith. <laughs> it happens to all of our parents. It'll happen to us eventually. Uh, we get uh, probably the best <laughs> merchandise package you can get during this month. You call Barry Dudinsky, you will get an anti-great Jeff Jarrett t-shirt. With, Ain't I great? That's right. <laughs> Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Uh, and the shirt is in classically styled Comic Sans font. And you get a shirt, but not a, not just a shirt, you get a shirt and a cassette of With My Baby Tonight. Nobody wants that. Why... No. Why is WWE merchandise so awful consistently? Because it's not the Attitude Era yet. But then again, their merchandise during the Attitude Era was pretty bad. Come to think of it, their merchandise is pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, their their merchandise currently (laughs) is pretty bad, too. Like, come on, here's the thing. (laughs) Okay, it's one thing to have, like, slogans and logos and all that stuff, but if, if if it's not something that you would feel comfortable explaining to your grandparents like why are you gonna wear that bad boy out in public yeah come on come on <laughs> you're not like i have here's the thing i have a nosmal dune shirt mm-hmm. not because i support nosmal dune just because it is a great design it's red it's a red shirt and it's got a little black nosmal dune logo on it and when people come up to me and they go Hey, what's that symbol on your shirt there, Razorhawk? I go, well, this is Nas Muldoon, the absolute most evil entity in all of the world and the universe. Yes, this entity, uh, 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 it possessed numerous professional wrestlers. And guess what? It was defeated by the power of good. Yes. See, I take that as an opportunity to tell people that no matter what, the power of good will always triumph. Yes, Cookaw. Cookaw. So how did we get here? Uh, <laughs> oh, the merchandise. Ah, yeah. oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Uh, <laughs> we we also get the first gold dust vignette. Yes. And we do like Sorry. gold dust. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> I made her giggle. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so it doesn't take much. <laughs> I, I I do have to say this is slightly unrelated, but sort of related. Goldust's biography mm-hmm. is so so good. Like if you guys have not read it, you should read it because it's it's just like it's really cool, and he's just I don't know like his whole struggle and overcoming everything and just. The, the true love he has for his family is just, I don't know, it just makes you feel all warm and fuzzy and just, like, yay, gold dust. I'll take a look at that biography, yes. Uh, called Crossroads, Gold Dust Out of Darkness. Ooh. Out of the Darkness. Yeah, it is mm-hmm. so good. Sounds like a sounds like a good read. I follow I follow Dustin on Twitter. and uh, Chuck Taylor? <laughs> uh, Dustin Rhodes, Gold Dust. And, uh, yeah, uh, it was actually interesting. Uh, Last night, I I believe it was last night, uh, he posted a photo uh, showing that his dad, Dusty Rhodes, 
was actually an honorary deputy in a, a you know uh, at a local sheriff's station, which is just cool. that's quintessential Dusty Roads. I thought that was just beautiful. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> getting back to uh, this this raw broadcast, uh, we get the Hakushi versus Bret Hart, and we have Mabel uh, formally challenging Diesel for Maple. That's right, King Mabel. <laughs> Sorry, I called him Maple. <laughs> Maple. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm sorry. That's okay. Anyway, he probably enjoys syrup. Yeah, uh, I do. Who doesn't? It's important. On my for, bacon. Yeah, you gotta you gotta syrup up that bacon. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we get uh, <laughs> Hakushi versus Bret Hart, and the Bret Hart head returns. This oh. is also my my match of the month, by the way. Really? And I had like I took like a million notes because I love Hakushi. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm weak. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> that guy's got bad tattoos. I was like not really into most of Raw in general this month. I don't know what it was. Hmm. But this was the one match I actually like really like focused on. Yeah. Uh, Me. I think it was really weird that first they do the the Bret Hart head spot again, and there's just absolutely no heat on this. And then throughout the course of the match, Jean Pierre Lafitte steals Bret Hart's head. <laughs> it's just, just like is Bret Hart supposed to be mad that you stole an effigy of him? Why? It seems like a very strange motivational tactic. I'm really hoping PCO shows up to King of Trios with that Bret Hart head. Yeah, that's something you're going to have to ask him about. I mean, just, I don't want to yeah, ask I... him. <laughs> He's going to chop me really hard. My chest is going to be purple. That's probably true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, his, That will most likely happen. His arms are gigantic. That's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> I would love to go up against the Onaka gang, but I do not want to come to face-to-face with PCO. That's not a thing I want for my wrestling career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Not a not a feather you want in your cap. No, not at all. Yeah. Thank you, but no, thank you. <laughs> uh, so PCO's carrying around this Bret Hart effigy. It's it's a very it's a very strange thing to keep in the trunk of your car. <laughs> uh, and then I suppose the last thing of note with this raw broadcast, Shane Douglas, or rather Dean Douglas, debuts. Oh, look at him coming from the uh, the extreme world into WWF. Yes. Yeah, so we get the uh, the kind of d- double Shane Douglases this month. Yeah, I, I watched all of this stuff uh, in chronological order, so it was quite interesting to see the debut of uh, Dean Douglas. Yes, that guy's that guy's quite a piece of work. It's a uh, it's an interesting vignette. I. Every time he does the nails on the chalkboard, I'd just about die. I, I, <laughs> I, I almost threw the remote control through my television. That is just the worst noise in the world. No, the worst noise in the world is made by a German sausage. <laughs> I'm going to laugh every time at that. I'm weak. I'm I'm human. That's that's a It's okay. That's a good joke. Uh thank you. Yes. Uh Anyway. So when they call Icarus the worst in the world, what does that mean? <laughs> Obviously, he's the German sausage in the world. 
<laughs> oh god, that tattoo! <laughs> oh, oh no! Uh, no, it. he paid money like... for that. He paid money for that, didn't he? Uh, I would assume he did, unless he's as unscrupulous as everyone says he is. In which case, he might have just skipped. Uh, well, from the looks of it, it's possible he just did it himself. <laughs> Look, hey, I've heard the, I've heard the story about the tattoo, and it's quite nice. Like it's it's from a book that he was a big uh, fan of, and uh, it's just he, uh, sadly he chose an artist that was not quite up to snuff, you know. Uh, but here's the thing: it can get fixed, and who knows? Maybe if the tattoo gets fixed by an artist who's worth the money you pay for him. Uh, Maybe he'll stop being such a jerk. Yeah. Crickets. Yeah. Crickets. All right. All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks. I'm sitting I mean, here I, being I, optimistic, <laughs> and everyone's just like, "No, Razor Hawkeye, this is just gonna be a jerk forever. That's just how it is." I mean, you, you, I, I've watched Icarus for 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 many years, wrestling and all that, and. uh I've only seen him not be a jerk for a very short period of time, so I don't know. He brought Chikara <laughs> back from the ashes, though. Yeah, so he could, like, be champion and, and then pick on his friends. I don't know. Hey, guys, guess that what? That seems I, I, like something Icarus would do. <laughs> I, I, pinned, I pinned a former grand champion. That's awesome. That's what I did. One, two, three. Race of Hulk wins! <laughs> And then I got a pedigree. It was bad. Uh, <laughs> so so any, anyway, moving right along. Where, where were we? Yeah. So uh, April starts the episode. I think. Are we? Did we actually read the results yet? Or are uh, we? <laughs> uh, we were. We were discussing the report card, the Dean Douglas segment. Uh, oh yes. Okay. So we're just moving into yeah. the last. Dean Douglas. Yeah. Bean uh, he gives us a definition. He says that knowledge is the sum of what is known, the body of truth, information and principles acquired by mankind, the fact or condition of knowing acquired something. Acquired by Mick Foley? <laughs> yes. It's everything that is... Uh, it's information and principles that have been acquired by Mick Foley. Uh, everything that he learned and everything he forgot from all those chair shots. That's right. Uh, the fact or condition of knowing something with familiarity gained through experience or association... The acquaintance with or understanding of a science, art, or technique. And he hmm. states that he, Dean Douglas, is the personification of knowledge. And then we get a Shawn Michaels interview, and uh, King is challenging Shawn Michaels. Jerry Lawler is challenging Shawn Michaels. I remember this. Yep. And I remember thinking how silly it was, because Jerry Lawler is just going to get the absolute crap beat out of him. Yeah, that's fair. He he is not going to have a good time. No, not at all. Uh, so I think that leads us to the last week of Raw. Is that right, Leith? Yeah. Okay. July thirty first, nineteen ninety five, Monday Night Raw. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's a, no, that's okay. This is what we're. I I, I can't help myself. <laughs> Monday Night Kaka. Oh, Monday Night Cacaw. Oh, man, that would be very, very fly. I think Uncle Drew would have something to say about that, though. If if that was a t-shirt, I would buy that shirt. Really? Yeah. 
Absolutely, I would. Okay, is this is this? Hold on. Are you are you working me or is this a shootski? Oh no. Because here's the here's the thing. I have come up with many shirt ideas, and people are just like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna get that." And then I put it out, and nobody gets it. I, I will guarantee that if you put that out, I will buy that this week. Okay, I'm writing this literally right now in my notes. Yeah. And and it's it's gonna t- it's gonna take up a whole page. Yeah. Monday night, caca. Caca. All right, I'm putting that bad boy out. And, and uh, you know, Razor, it does help if you actually advertise that you have shirts. I oh. don't want to <laughs> shill. I know, come on, but guys. you can't complain if no one buys it if we don't know they exist. Hey, come <laughs> on, I got a pro wrestling tea store. I got a website. I got a Twitter. Just go to my thing and check out my stuff <laughs> if you want to. I guess you don't what is have, this I'm, accent happening people are, now? <laughs> people are... Uh, what, accent, what, what accent are you talking about? I'm just saying. Here's the thing. Like, I just... I don't want to bother people and be that guy who goes All on... Right, whatever. Twi- I'll just do it for you. <laughs> you can, hey, hey, you got more followers than I do, so... Is it is it know? a conflict of interest, Leith, if you're going to model shirts for Razorhawk and Cobalt? Well, I didn't say I would model them oh, for okay. Razor Hawk. I just said I would promote his crap. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> you can you can model my t-shirts. I don't mind. Well, then I'll do that too. Whatever. There you go. <laughs> Very fly. Fantastic. Yes. I mean, I only get. I, Cobalt pays me in t-shirts, so it's like. Cobalt pays you in no, t-shirts. There's no uh, contract. Just like the closers <laughs> paid uh, Crumbles and Defarge in money to turn their back on the Beast Warriors. Ooh. I have, I have, I have quite a few thoughts about this capitalism you guys are employing. <laughs> capitalism is weird. It's it's a broken That's system. That's it lightly. Yeah. So July 31st, huh? Yeah, July 31st. <laughs> July 31st, King Mabel defeated Nick Barbary in 3 minutes and 12 seconds. Bam Bam Bigelow defeated Bob Cook in 3 minutes and 21 seconds. Skip defeated Major Yates in 2 minutes and 20 seconds. And Savio Vega and Razor Ramon defeated Owen Hart and Yokozuna by countout in 20 minutes flat, according to this? Yeah, it was a weird... uh... That main event was really weird because they almost went to right towards the end of the show. Very strange. Yeah. Very strange indeed. I think it actually goes to the end of the show with no finish. And it oh. Was, yeah. It was a weird way to, to end the month and to end the show. I think they were maybe trying something a little different. Like, oh, you know, we things are unpredictable on Raw. If we don't finish this match, tune in next week. Ah, I see what they're saying. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Make it make it a little bit more uh, unpredictable. Yes. Instead yeah. of uh, when when Michael Cole is sitting there saying, "Oh yes, Raw rolls on after this uh, uh, suicide dive that uh, whoever <laughs> did to whoever." And it's like, come on, guy. The match could end during the commercial break. Why don't you Why don't you say so? Yeah. Jr. used to do that. I'm very very fond of that. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. Michael Cole is not great on commentary. 
did you hear him during the Japanese, uh, j- the the Japan episodes? Uh, when when uh, what was it? Beast from the East. I did. I did not hear Michael Cole on that. <gasps> oh, his commentary on that show is very very fly. Is yeah. you should have you should watch that episode. Uh, it was it was incredible. Was that the one with uh, Finn Balor? Mm, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, Finn Balor versus yes. Kevin Owens. Yeah, yeah. Check that check that bad boy out. Oh, I, and trust me. Yeah. His his commentary, Michael Cole's commentary, is on point. And it can be on point. Uh it's just sadly, during the weekdays, with the sponsors <laughs> and all that, probably has something to do with how matches are called. But uh Yes, goodness. Oh man, what a card this match was. It was it was incredible. Uh, and Leith, <laughs> sorry to steal your thunder there. I kind of ran down the card there for you. But, oh, man, King Mabel looked absolutely dominant in this opening uh, bout. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Nobody has Jinx. anything to say about nope. Mabel. Uh, he, was, right. he was carried to the ring by other wrestlers, which is no small feat. Yeah, I was trying to see like who the other wrestlers were, but it was just like it was too dark. I couldn't tell. Yeah. Speak, like, speaking of small feet, must... hello, still life with apricots and pears. <laughs> I think that's such a fascinating, a fascinating uh, character. I, I need to get caught up to Chikara to that point, but I do think that's a very interesting idea. He's no character. That boy's a weirdo, and he needs to shave his neck. Shave your neck. Still life with apricot and pears. Do that. If you're listening <laughs> to this. Stop. Go shave you your better neck. Be. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't everybody listen to us? I mean, we're we're pretty cool, right? We're, we're pretty cool. Everybody probably listens <laughs> to us. If people are not listening to you guys, they are doing themselves a terrible disservice. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, they they are. Listen to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we get uh, uh, another uh, Fat 2 promo talking about making a difference, saying no to drugs, doing the right thing. Uh, there's some sort of bit with uh, Jerry Lawler, and mm-hmm. there's actually a little baby in the audience dressed as Jerry Lawler, which is adorable. Uh, he's still kind of trying to challenge Shawn Michaels, but without actually challenging him. We get a Gold Dust tease. Uh, we get uh, Bam Bam Bigelow versus Bob Cook. And I just have here, why don't more wrestlers have wrist-mounted pyro? Oh, I also have a note about Bob Cook. Oh, okay. If you if you follow him on Twitter, apparently he collects Evil Knievel merch. And that's kind of what his focus is on like Twitter and stuff. Really? Say what? Yeah. I was like, that's pretty nifty. Oh, that's awesome, yes. Good for Bob Cook, yes. I think I might give him a follow right now. And where can people find him on Twitter, Leith? That's a good question. I've got his handle. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bob. Tell me his handle. I want to hear his handle. But Gotta look up really quick. While Leith... I see Bobby Dempsey. <laughs> while, uh, while Leith's looking up his handle, I will say uh, we do get some really stiff shots from... Bob Cook in this match with Bam Bam Bigelow. Like, just nasty. Okay, I got it. Okay. 
Evil I one. Evil as in evil can evil evil. So E V E L E Y E number one. Okay. He's gonna wonder why so many people are following him all of a sudden. <laughs> that cannot be a cheap habit collecting evil can evil memorabilia. Yeah, yeah, his uh thing just says retired pro wrestler, collector of evil can evil memorabilia, so if you have some for sale, you oh. never know I may oh. be interested in buying it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at him go. Yes, indeed. And Facebook.com slash Bob.Cook.750. Joined September 2009. Okay, that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> but I have. I feel like Danger Jameson should be, like, best friends with Bob Cook. Danger Hawk Jameson? No, no, no. Danger Jameson. I don't understand. Do you not watch Excellence Professional Wrestling? No, those cats are stupid. Well, it's, he's not Aww. a cat. <laughs> Dangerous Jameson isn't a cat. I thought the whole promotion was cats. <laughs> <laughs> like the musical? <laughs> Shoot, why not? <laughs> I, I thought it was all cats in a big litter box in Sellersville, PA. <laughs> uh, Am I wrong? There, there are two cats. Two cats? Like the comic book shop in San Francisco. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to San Francisco, so I wouldn't know. You've never been to San Francisco de Coronado? <laughs> I, I have not. Uh, the, okay. The furthest... It's a very boring place. Yeah. It's very, very long to enter. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Everybody needs to be listening to us for this great Shikara wordplay. <laughs> yes, indeed. I've got all the puns in the world. It's a big pun. Kukaw. <laughs> he, he, he was a rapper. Oh, okay. No. What? <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm reading notes about, like, you know, wrestling that we were supposed to be watching. <laughs> no. Oh, goodness. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Where were we? July 31st, 1995. We've got King, King Mabel defeated Nick Barbary. Oh my God. Stop oh wait, he's broken. I already said this. <laughs> <laughs> Terribly sorry, everyone. Please continue. So, uh, anyway... Uh, we get uh, we we get uh, Vince teasing the partnership with AOL some more, and we also uh, get uh, another Dean Douglas segment. He's got a banner that uh, I, I you know I wouldn't know how to pronounce it because I don't speak Latin, but the banner in the background reads "Ixne on the Upitz Day." That's yeah. pig Latin. Oh, not, not okay. The same thing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I, I was I was a little girl once. I know how to speak pig Latin. <laughs> oh, me too. Je suis la jeune That's That's French for I'm the little girl. Ah. Isn't that like the Muzzy commercials? Yes. Oh, I remember those. Now I'm having. <laughs> I can still hear it in my head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway. Anyway, Muggsy commercials aside, uh,. But uh, the the banner reads, uh, pay attention or listen to me. That's what it translates to. And shout out to friend of the show, Lan Pitts, uh, who helped me translate that. And Dean Douglas is using his report card segment to call out Bam Bam Bigelow. 
stating that uh, the beast from the east wants to take a look at the uh, beast part of that, saying it's a contemptible person, and that he says Bam Bam Bigelow has the facial features of a sea lion, and then he corrects himself, no, a walrus sans tusk. He gives Bam Bam Bigelow an F grade. I, I did have some, some questions about this whole Dean Douglas bit. Okay. Uh, who is he talking to, and does he know he's being filmed? So, are, we're talking like, about Dean Douglas, the character. Yes. I may be able to shed some light on this, if 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 it's okay. Okay. <laughs> so, so, when one is filming a wrestling vignette, sometimes one is uh, kind of in on the bit. Uh, Dean Douglas, in this case, appears to be in on the bit uh, in that he is pretending to talk to a classroom full of people uh, who would, you know, be paying attention to him. But, of course, the target of his promotional message is Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, Now, excuse me, he is sending this message to Bam Bam via the, uh, the guise of him lecturing a classroom uh it's it's one of those things like you just kind of pretend like sometimes i'll pretend to talk to mr mike when i'm doing a a promo uh or in this case now mr bryce who is who is the current director of fun mm-hmm. and i'll say mr bryce we're, we're out of these razor hawk masks what are you going to do about it and, of course, Mr. Bryce isn't there because it's 2 in the morning and it's just me and Green Ant at the Wrestle Factory uh, going over uh, all sorts of moves. But um, I- I'm-, I'm sitting there going, hey, what are we going to do about these Razor Hawk masks? They're sold out. And uh, I'll-, I'll sit there and pretend that Mr. Bryce has an answer for me. And he'll say, Razor Hawk, we're going to go ahead and order more of those. But we can only order more of those if you beat Icarus and Egg Monsters from Mars. And I'll say, okay, I'll do that with the sweet schoolboy. And then it turns into a crucifix, and, and, and that's okay, because I still beat him. And that's cool, because it's a former grand champion, the Chikar Gen 1 original, and I hold a win over him, and caca. <laughs> See, now I just wasn't sure if he was, like, you know, you know, knew what was happening, or if he was just completely insane because it's possible because we also deal with bob backland a lot okay in these episodes so. oh come on leave uncle bob alone <laughs> <laughs> uncle bob did nothing so to you, you just never know you don't know where these are necessarily going to go or you know maybe maybe he is insane bob backland's got some funny ears doesn't he he, he <laughs> really does he he He's an odd duck, that Bob Backlund. But I, I, I think, uh, I think uh, Razor Hawk's uh, insight on Dean Douglas's uh, vignette or illusion here, breaking, yeah, is uh, is quite <laughs> on point. Yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I find I find Dean Douglas's promos here just I, I think they're great. I think it, it's just one of those things like uh, Shane Douglas is very committed to the character sort of right off the bat and he's he's into it and I think it gets across very effectively 
in the in the two vignettes that we've seen here that uh, you know what his character is. We should put a graduation cap on Travis Huckabee and see how it fits him. <laughs> that that should. What be... do you think? What do you think? He's sitting there with his with his little Johnny Kid Invitational ring, being all like, "My precious, yes, <laughs> we want it." Ah, Icarus, what shall we do for you, masters? And it's like, okay, Travis, all right, buddy, you got your Johnny Kid Invitational ring. You won, you won, you beat Rory. That's cool, but uh, goodness, this this kid thinks he's just head of the flipping class, doesn't he? That would be that would be a cool uh, evolution of that of that uh, of Travis's. Uh, personality. He's the he's the head of the class. He's the he's the graduate. Why are we just naming movies now, like TV shows? <laughs> I don't know. Hey Jeeves, set a reminder for tomorrow. Buy graduation cap and gown for Travis Suckaby. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yes. Uh, moving on to uh, what. Okay. Where were we? Uh, Yokozuna, Owen Hart. Yeah. There's uh we we have a Yoko and Owen Hart match. And that that certainly happens. Uh, there's uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, come on. Yeah. Give Owen more do than that. I don't have a oh. lot of matches about uh, or a lot of notes uh, a lot of matches. A lot of notes about that particular match. Owen Hart was I... great. And I just state that, you know, Yokozuna, for his size, the fact that he could go at all is amazing. Yeah, Yoko was kind of big at this point, wasn't he? He was way too big, and it scared me every time he got in the ring, but he, he held his own, you know, considering. Mm-hmm, no doubt. I've wrestled some big boys, and and they couldn't move as well as Yokozuna has moved in, in this match. Uh, man. What what he was doing against Savio Vega and Razor Ramon, <sighs> incredible. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it's weird. It's a, it's a little bittersweet watching uh, watching Yokozuna at this point in his career because it's you know you know he's at a very weird uh, place. It's harder for him to to go in a match. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like bums me out, but at the same time, I'm just glad to see Yoko in the ring because he's amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm, no doubt. Yeah, uh, I do have some notes here about the uh, skip match. <laughs> he's uh, <laughs> he's uh, come on, Chris Candido. He's great. I know, I, I know, I know who he is. Yeah, uh, everyone knows who he is. Uh, I had Christmas dinner with him once. Really? That's what? My story. Okay, okay, elaborate. <laughs> yeah, I can't just leave it there. Okay, yeah. yeah, let's hear it. Come on. Actually, with him and, and Sonny, because I was at one point in my life kind of engaged to Sonny's nephew. Oh. So, I got to meet them, and it was interesting. <laughs> were they nice? They were. She's very, um, he was pretty quiet and just sort of polite. Okay. And then she was very, like, I don't want to say like abrasive, but it's like 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 very like in your face. You know what I mean? Like she's just like that type of person was like very I'm trying to think of the the right word to say. 
because it's not like she was mean or anything. She just would say what she was thinking and she didn't really give a crap. Yeah, sure. Okay. She was she was blunt. Yeah, like she just you know she didn't care. I mean that was like that was her sister's house, so it's like she's laid back and everything. Mm -hmm. Indeed. She had a black eye, which was interesting. What she? What? Excuse me. The, the story was that she and Chris had been working out at the gym with one of their friends, and mm. somehow she got whaled in the face with one of the weights. <gasps> oh, goodness. So she had, like, a ton of, like, makeup on, but you could still tell, like, her eye was, like, oh. bruised. Oh, that is terrible. That's unfortunate. But she's just, like, was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, tough, it was no big deal. Girl. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. no doubt. Yeah, she just wanted to explain why she was wearing, like, a lot of makeup on one particular eye. Mm. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty, right. that's tough. Uh, I, I just have it noted here that uh, Skip is still trying to, like, push this narrative that he's undefeated even though he's lost to Barry Horowitz. How is that a thing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. He doesn't oh, even. I'm unde- I'm undefeated. I'm Razorhawk, even though I lost like six in a row here. And <laughs> oh goodness, oh oh, I lost to Murloc. And goodness, the creatures of the deep really just took me to task. <laughs> but I'm undefeated. Hey, good call. I'm a former Young Lions Cup champion. You can't beat me. If you. That's s- what Skip's doing right now. Yeah. If you say <laughs> it, it's. If you say it enough, it's got to be true. That is terrible. That is. I mean, it's true, but it's terrible. <laughs> uh, People will believe anything if yeah. you say a lie long enough, it becomes the truth. And that is the worst. No, the worst is a German sausage. Very nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I haven't noted here that Skip lands a really nasty-looking German suplex. How nasty? I, I, it was just really bad, like... Uh, his opponent, Major Yates, just looked like he landed on his neck all wrong. And he just it looked really vicious looking. Uh, and well, the- all, you say all wrong, but I say all right. <laughs> like, if you're going to do a German suplex, you're going to do that bad boy really well. That's true. Boom! <laughs> Shakalaka. One, two, three. Kukaw. Uh We get Skip getting the one, two, three with a push-up pin. Which I still think a is my pin. yeah. He's uh, he's got uh, Major Yates down, and he goes to pin him. And while he's pinning him, he's doing push-ups. Really? That's the kind of guy. I don't recall is. that at all. But goodness gracious, yeah. that, that, that I have that in my yes, notes Lee. too. Yeah. <laughs> he does push-ups while pinning him. Yeah. Yep. Does push-ups on his opponent. That sounds like a Scott Steiner move. <laughs> It's a it's a pretty great a pretty great way to pin somebody. Wow, I'm gonna do that the next time I face somebody who's smaller than me. So, you are you wrestling me? <laughs> okay, let's do it. Let's let's do it at the I next. Let's think. hang out. Book it. <laughs> Don't hit me with the DET though, please. I've only ever done that once, sort of. <laughs> so. Uh, we then get uh, we we get them talking about SummerSlam and Diesel versus King Mabel for the WWF Championship. There's a <laughs> Diesel promo, and Diesel looked like he's he's got like a 
burst blood vessel in his left eye. <laughs> looks really gross. Uh, we get uh, Bret Hart versus Isaac Yankum at SummerSlam. And, uh, Don't call him Yankum. That's right. And uh, Shawn Michaels versus Sid for the Intercontinental Championship. They're also booking that. And Yokozuna and Owen Hart are going to defend their tag team championships against Razor Ramon and Savio Vega. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's uh, that's about what we're looking at. And then we get uh, Jerry the King Lawler accepting Shawn Michaels' challenge. <laughs> for sorry, yeah, I can't, I can't, I cannot, but I can't even. <laughs> yeah, and uh, then I get it. <laughs> and and bound. yeah, and uh, we get uh, that uh, tag team match between uh, Razor Ramon and and Savio Vega versus Owen Hart and Yokozuna. So. To close out July of 1995 with the World Wrestling Federation, do we have any final thoughts? Man, WWF's got... Uh, I, you know what? I, I was going to try and say something nice, but I can't say anything nice. <laughs> they sure have wrestlers. They got wrestlers! Yes! Good call! <laughs> and some of them are good. Yes! <laughs> That Owen Hart is fantastic, and Razor Ramon is very, very fly. He is, and he he throws toothpicks at people's eyes. And they they've got lumberjack matches, apparently. Lumberjack matches for days. Hey, if you like lumberjack matches, this is the month for you. It seriously is. Oh my goodness. So I think we can call episode uh, one of July of nineteen ninety five. Before we uh, end this segment, first look forward to the second episode where we talk WCW and ECW, and we have more questions for our special guest, Razorhawk. More questions for Razorhawk! But uh, as we close out this segment, Razorhawk, where can people find you on the internets? Oh, goodness me! You can find me at Razorhawk2000.com. Yes, that's R-A-Z-E-R 2000 dot, uh, no, R-A-Z-E-R Hawk, haha, <laughs> 2000 dot com. Uh, some people spell it Razorhawk, which is a very, very strange spelling. I understand it's the typical spelling, but, uh, here's the thing. If you spell it R-A-Z-O-R Hawk, you are going to get some dude in a very uh, poorly made outfit thinking he's a superhero. No, <laughs> you're going to go to razerhawk2000.com and you're going to get the flyest wrestler of the new millennium. He is. That's, uh, that's where you can find all of my upcoming appearances. Uh, I've got some free matches on that bad boy. I post my blog. I post my podcast called The Gold Version. You can subscribe to that on Apple Podcasts, uh, which is awesome. And, uh, yes, you can find me on Twitter at RazorHawk2000, Instagram at RazorHawk2000, and Facebook at RazorHalcon. That's uh, Spanish for uh, RazorHawk. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that, that, that's pretty much, uh, that pretty much it. <laughs> okay, and I would encourage everybody to check out Chikaratopia. For only $7.99, you get some of the best wrestling you're ever going to watch. And also, check out Excellence Professional Wrestling 
for all kinds of also great wrestling that is run by cats. And stupid cats. <laughs> Leith, where can people find you on the internet? I am on the Twitter at Priya underscore Lane. All right. The end. <laughs> and you can follow the Wrestling Time Machine on Twitter at the Wrestling Time Machine. Uh, the actual Twitter handle is W R E S T L T I M M A C H. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Podbean. Check out our premium content and help make the most of your WWE Network subscription. Get some alternative commentary for some of those pay-per-views you're watching. You alternative can... commentary for pay-per-views. <laughs> That's right. It's only 99 cents, which is a heck of a deal, everybody. Check that out and help support the show. If you want to support the show for free, check out uh, leaving us a review on iTunes, because that's a really big help. You can also follow me on Twitter at SpaceKingBobby. You can follow uh, me on Tumblr at SpaceKingBobby's blog. Space King Comics and the Wrestling Time Machine on Tumblr, and check out nerdfixstrangers.com forward slash listen for the other really great shows that we do, Nerdfix Strangers, and Pokemon Mind and Body. And I think with that, I think we can call this segment of the show. Citizens living in the grip of fear, the evil underworld of the city polluting the streets, it's time to take out the trash. Fight through incredible 3D animation against Gotham City's vilest villains in Sega's Adventures of Batman and Robin video game. Take out!